Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. This, this is, is the Paranormal PD. I'm Matthew. I'm Dallas. And today, we have an amazing episode. We have a great episode. Literally the greatest episode It's, ever. it's a phenomenal but episode. first, we have to do... Before we even drop our socials, we got to do a little disclaimer, okay? We do. We do. We are actually on the road right now. We're going to a place called 29 Palms. Yes. If you don't know about it, we're going to explain why we're going there in a minute with a new segment we're adding to the podcast. Ooh. But we just kind of want... Wait, wait, wait. Are we talking about that already? Well, we're going to we do, we're gonna do socials that. first, and then we'll talk okay. about it. Socials and then that? Yeah, but like we just want to do a disclaimer. You know, Unfortunately, our editor, he, he can be with us on this road trip. So me and Dallas are trying to, you know, make this work to our best of our ability, which is not very skilled. No, it's not. So if if this doesn't sound terrible by the time it reaches your ears, I can't believe that. Number one, but number two, thank you, Eric, for working your, you know, software. No, not software. Audio engineering magic. Yeah. And if this is the first episode you're listening to this podcast. I beg you, please go to another one. Listen to literally any of them. The content of this one. will be quite good. The yes. quality, I don't know, it's questionable. So we're up in the content, you know, <laughs> quality because we understand that, you know, maybe, you know, maybe the quality will be there, and maybe this will be the absolute most banger of episodes. Yes, but if it's not, we apologize. That's not that's not our editor's fault. That's us. We're on the road. So, um, first, before so, we do our whole little explaining why we're going here. Yes. Why don't you drop our little socials real fast? Oh, okay. Yes, I'll drop the socials. So as you guys already know, we talk about it every single week. We do. We have a few different social medias. Okay. Yeah. And the most popular one, just everybody already knows, we always plug our most popular one. It's our Instagram. Instagram. And that is... Go ahead. Paranormal Police Department. (laughs) (laughs) You don't even know the gram, bro. You're in charge of socials. I'm in charge of emails and business ventures. It is the paranormal underscore PD. See? There you go. We got a Twitter. It's kind of dead. The paranormal PD. It is a little dead, but actually we get a lot of um, good paranormal like UFO, UAP kind of stuff on Twitter a lot recently. We do. So there's that. My favorite. We have a TikTok. We do have a TikTok. That's the paranormal underscore PD. Quality TikToks we're making. Quality. Top quality. Top quality. Yeah. Um, there's one. There's one. We're thinking about doing some alien thirst traps on there. Yes. You know, yes, just to yes, try yes. and you know, get some more and, views and stuff. Yeah. So you can, you know, we'll look out for that coming to the future. Yeah. Um, yeah, look out. We also have an email. That one you're a little bit more acquainted with. Which, you know, it's the paranormal police department at gmail.com. Yes. We love emails. Yes. I love interacting with people. Do that. If you have business opportunities, please let me know. It's always really fun to just read and, and see what you guys are saying. Yeah. The other thing is um a lot of our a lot of our episodes on Spotify, they have polls, they have Q and A's. They do. It's really fun to kind of see what some of you guys have to say on there and we're gonna have a good poll have. for this one. This episode is a are great we? poll. Okay. Yeah. I'm going into this one blind, so I really don't know. This episode we're gonna have a have. We're, we have there's so many different possibilities of what it can be. So we're gonna we're gonna have polls up and Could it be gonna, fake? It could be. Could and we're going okay. we're going to have we're going to see what the listeners vote on. I'm not going to lie. I didn't think you just agree to the fake thing straight out the gate. I thought I was going to have to do a little bit more convincing on that. Not but. fake. It when I say fake, I mean it could not be paranormal. I'll say that. There okay. is a non-paranormal explanation. There is. Okay. So like a lot of things then. Yeah. Okay. So why don't you tell people uh, where we're going about this new segment of ours we're doing? I love this. Okay. We have a new segment 
I don't know in the future where in the episode this is going to be. I think I, at the start. I, I like the start, I too. I like the start. Um, it's basically going to be this week in the paranormal. Yeah. What kind of new paranormal news is coming out? And there's a ton of stuff. We always talk about it with like the UAP stuff mm-hmm. constantly coming out. We want to keep you guys kind of updated because I know that a lot of the people that listen, I work with and they will come to me with different questions about, you know, just kind of what's going on. And we'd like to outline some of that. Yeah. So you guys also know if you don't see us in person and have random paranormal questions for us, well, we'll hit you with them before you even have the questions. Exactly. Now, you know, some disclaimers of these are going to be like, obviously it's brand new, this information that's coming Correct, out, yeah. whether it's aliens <clears throat> or cryptid stuff, whatever it is, it's brand new information. So we can't tell you with a hundred percent certainty if it's legit or not, but we can like, tell you what it is. Like, Hey, this yeah. is this picture or this is this, what, what they just discovered. And we can, you know, do a little talking about it before we do a little investigation. Yes. And and, and exactly what he just said right now. If some of these things turn out to be bullshit, well, that's, you know, that's not our fault. <laughs> Quite unfortunate. We're just giving you guys the preliminary information that we're getting, right? Exactly. Things that are out there on social media that if you're not, you know, out there scrounging around on Instagram or Twitter to kind of figure out what's going on, you, you just wouldn't even know about this. You yeah. wouldn't even If your algorithm going isn't on. suggesting paranormal stuff, you have no idea what's going on. No, you really don't. So let's... Do you want me to introduce Go ahead. Him? So Jeremy Corbell, we've brought his name up multiple times on the podcast. He's a big yep. investigative journalist and filmmaker. Yep. He has a podcast called Weaponize that he does with uh, George Knapp. And they just they just dropped some bizarre footage, some very bizarre footage that was taken over 29 Palms. They're alleging, I guess there's like over 200 different eyewitnesses, some military, a lot military, obviously, for those that don't know, 29 Palms is a uh, United States Marine Corps um, base. Yep. Okay. In California. Um, So basically what it looks like is kind of like a V formation, a wide V Mm -hmm. formation with about five yellow orangish lights. Now, the weird thing about this is the striking similarity to the Phoenix lights. Oh, yeah. It looks just like it, it does. And there's been, I mean, obviously the other like really popular UFO craft um, description that you see out there is like a flying V. Mm-hmm. And this is it, it's, it looks just like that. I'll post the picture and some of the video taken. There's a lot. There's a lot out yeah. there, and it's finally getting disseminated. It's really, really cool. It's very interesting. It's a little scary. It is. Um, I know that they're trying to, or some people said that, you know, maybe it's like a secret military craft mm-hmm. that we don't know about. But if they're still using that craft that they, you know, would have been using maybe during the Phoenix Lights era, I don't know. That it seems like there'd be newer tech that they'd be using. Yeah. I agree. And like I said, you know, he released these, what, a few days ago? Yeah, a few days ago. A few days ago. So, you know, you got to give it some time. Um, maybe next week in Paranormal Stuff, we'll have my have more about it for you guys. Good, but yeah. You can go to our gram. You can see the pictures for yourself, the videos. You can look at it. We'll, uh, we'll have it all up there. Um, and you can, you know, come up with your own ideas and thoughts about it. Yeah, I agree. So now let's get down to the nitty gritty stuff. Let's do it. What do you got for us? The real craziest story we've ever had on this podcast. Okay. 
every time you have your own little investigation, you always say it's the craziest one. Is this one? It's up there. Okay. This one is one of the weirdest for sure. <laughs> I have no idea where this is going, so I'm kind of excited. In so you've been hyping this up, first of all. I hype everything up. In January of 1959, a 23-year-old man named Igor Delatov. You know where this is going? I already know where this is going. I thought... <laughs> Let a group of eight young Soviet hikers, seven men, two women. They were all students of uh, the Earl Mountain Polytechnic Institute. He led them on a little hiking expedition. Okay. They like to hike or what? They love to hike. Okay. <laughs> Big okay. hikers group. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're an experienced trekking group. Um, they've done many campings before. They've camped on other mountains that I'm not going to attempt to pronounce in the Soviet Union. Oh, yeah. We don't even know what some of those characters are. I can try. No, you, <laughs> I prefer. I actually insist that you don't. So the group consisted or the initial group consisted of eight men and two women, but one member had to turn back because of health issues. Each, just to kind of put in perspective their hiker, hiking and skiing levels, because it was a mix, um, each member was a grade two hiker, which is like a certification, and it's basically like says how experienced you are and how knowledgeable you are. Um, this hiking slash ski tour experience would be enough to put them into the grade three certification. And at the time, grade three was the highest certification available in Soviet Union. And it had to, what it, that required is like candidates to travel basically like 200 miles, okay, like camping, hiking, yeah, skiing, yeah. Um, you know, obviously camping, setting up camps through so, like rugged terrain or what? The rugged terrain, and okay, because it was you know the Soviet, they had to get like these um, the the routes like they they were designed by different groups and with other people because they have to make sure it's precise. So it's very, you know, rigid on what they're doing. So like I mean. They're not new people to hiking in these kind of terrains in the mountains and the yeah. snow. They're experienced. That's what we want to. I want to emphasize is these people so this know what they're be doing. Like me and you going out there and like, hey, let's let's do a little camping expedition. No, this is nothing like that. Okay, but this, what is it similar though? If we, if me and you went camping and hiking every single weekend for the entire year. I would say we're probably at like a grade one level. And these people were <laughs> That's pretty borderline good. grade three. That's only one grade away from where we could be at if we did it for a year. But keep in mind, there's only three grade levels. <laughs> <clears throat> so their route. Okay. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of Russian words. Here. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. We're going to hit it. <laughs> Let's do it. We're going to get canceled. The route started. Uh, on the Sverdlovsk Oblast. No. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna stop. Um, essentially, their goal is to reach the peak of Matt of. I'll have to say this because this is important. Yeah, that's where they're going. Or right? Torten. Um, it's a mountain. Um, like about ten kilometers, six point two miles north of where our incident occurred. Okay. Okay. They started this trek in February, which is the most difficult time to go hiking. 
I would imagine too. Obviously, they're in the Soviet Union. Yeah. Um, there that area is known to be very cold. I don't think February would be a good time. But then again, maybe if you go, you know, during the summer, you have to deal with like maybe waterfalls. I don't know. Yeah, I, I honestly, I I don't know. It's Russia. Never been there. Well, I would think grade two hikers would know what time to go do a hike. So yes, I so, trust them on this. On twenty third of January of 1959 their group was issued their route book which had them following trail number five um it was approved by they get like um they got an approval for 11 people so like i said their group was a little smaller than that so they actually had another person who was who got certified to go with them on the same route that day they're not necessarily with the group but it's like an allotted number of people are good to go up there yeah um so let me give you the names of every single person that was on the route at the time and their ages so you get an idea. Perfect. So we have Igor, who I previously mentioned. He's 23. We have Yuri Doroshenko, who's 21. Ludmila Dabina, 20. Uh, Grigory Kravinishenko, 23. Alexander Kolovatov, 24. Zinadia Kolomogrov, I don't know. 22 <laughs> something Krav Maga Rustam Solobin Sol- Sol- Saladin I don't know 23 Nikolai Vlad Vladimiroch 23 and then Semyon Zolotarov who's 38 and Yuri Yudin who's 21 so that's the group that group is a lot younger than I would have thought so for being such um I would say proficient hikers. The last person, Yuri, was not part of their group. He was the other person that was allotted to go on the trail with them. But he's the one that went home, right? Yes. He is the one that went, I'm done. Very smart man. Probably the smartest in the group. Yeah, I would say I agree. So the group arrived at a town called Ivdel. Um, It's basically just outside where the mountain they're going they take a truck to a village which is the last inhabited settlement where they spend the night um the skiers the hikers you know they get they get some food they get bread sure. they, they have a good time they're like hey we're going to do this hike we're going to become grade three yeah let's, let's party a little bit let's get some food there's like base camp base camp this is the last time they're going to be comfortable for a, exactly a while. so on the 27th they began their trek Pretty normal, you know, nothing crazy. This first day in, the 28th, the the person that joined, Yuri, he had a lot of severe, like, health issues, um, like a heart defect. He had some knee and joint pain. And he, was, he wasn't able to hike, so he actually turned back. Okay. He went, I, you know, I don't want to slow you guys down. I would have thought, though, that he would have thought about that before they got this far. But yeah. And I guess, you know, whatever. From when, after he turned around, we basically have no idea what happened to these people. Off first-hand accounts and accurate stuff. What happened to him? Who, Mr. Yuri? Yeah. Uh, he actually died in 2017. Oh, wow. Okay, so, so he was, He did pretty good. That's good for, Good for him. Good for um, him. So everything else we know about this incident is done from diaries, camera footage, found camera footage on their cameras. Okay. Uh, and then analyzing 
what happened based off yeah. evidence. And we'll talk a bit about, more about that in a minute. So, like I said, none of this is we can confirm what happened because it's all based off kind of it's we don't have. That is what makes this one really weird. Yeah, it is. So the last campsite that their uh, diaries and stuff was kind of found out was at the edge of like a highland and they were preparing to go uh, into a wooded valley. Um, so that, that wasn't where some stuff, that wasn't the, all the stuff was found, but that was where some stuff were found, but it was kind of determined that this was just a camp that they had set up to come back to later on, like kind of an area that they were ready to stay at. Okay. Um, so that they keep moving. That was the 31st of January. So the next day they keep moving, they plan to get over the pass, um, and they make camp in this pass. Okay. Just because of worsening weather conditions, snowstorms, decreased visibility, they kind of lose their direction. Um, and they're like, you know, hey, we need to just camp down, find somewhere to camp. Sure. We need to set up camp, hunker down for the night, and get through it. So they set up camp on the slope of a mountain um, instead of moving back down to that forested area where they had their kind of old camp set up. Yeah. They just, they like, we did, it was, I guess it was so bad that they have to shelter. Um, what they kind of, the, the guy that left Yuri speculated is Delatov didn't want to probably go down and lose the altitude they had already gained. So he kind of made it practice to camp on the slope, which apparently he has done many times before was he was just camping on the slopes of mountains and no yeah. protective cover. I mean, that doesn't sound like a good idea, though. I feel like if they already had, like, a camp in the wooded area, they probably should have just went back. Yeah. I, I actually have a picture of their tent where it was set up, their campsite on the slope of the mountain. Okay, um, I'm looking at it. That's that. So you can see there's no cover around it. Oh, yeah. If there's any sort of storm or wind or yeah. anything, you're going to feel it. It looks like you're just on the side of, like, a... Like, if you're going down, like, a ski or snowboard run and you just decide to plop camp in the middle of it, there's nothing around it. It's just snow, and that's it. Yeah. So, you're probably asking yourself, what happened to these people? I didn't know anything happened to these people. I thought they were just camping. happened to these people? So, as you would do if you're going on a long expedition, you tell people, this is where I'm going. This is when I'll be back. Yeah. I'll, I'll send you a, a telegram or whatever it is back then <laughs> when I get back to civilization. Common practice. Common practice for sure. This, what Mr. Delatov told him is he would send a telegram to the sports club as soon as he returned. This would happen no later than February 12th. Okay. Keep in mind the last time anyone saw these people was the 29th of January. Okay. So it's quite a long time. The 12th had passed. There was no message received, but there was no reaction from anyone. They kind of like, eh, they probably got delayed. They're fine. They're good. They're having a good time. Eight days later, on February 20th, the relatives of everybody start demanding that they go do a rescue operation. They say, we need to find our kids. They're lost out there. Find them. So they said a first rescue operation. There was nothing found. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Okay. That's good. A That's probably good. Rescue operation, which was on February 26th, so another six days later, they found 
a badly damaged tent, which is that picture I showed you. Ooh. Okay. I knew there was something wrong with that picture. There was something wrong with that picture. <laughs> I was just like, whatever. I mean, maybe maybe that's a weird uh, tent setup. The campsite was destroyed. The tent was half torn down and covered with snow. It was empty, but all of the group's belongings, including their shoes, had been left behind inside the tent. The, te- the investigators who investigated the tent said the tent had been cut from the inside. There were maybe not- they got hot. Maybe they got hot. Nine sets of footprints left by people only wearing socks or a single shoe or even barefoot could be followed, and they were leading down an edge to where the woods were. Okay. They were going to their old campsite. They were going to their old Obviously. campsite. Um, there was some of these tracks that were covered kind of by the snow, but they were heading towards a Serbian pine, like a large tree. And the searchers there found what was remaining of a small fire there. And this is where they discovered the first two bodies. Wait, the bodies? What are you talking about? The first two bodies. What are you talking about? They're good. They found Krivoshenko and Doroshenko shoeless, dressed only in their underwear. The branches of the tree were broken five meters high, suggesting that one of them had climbed up to look for something, perhaps the camp. Um, and they were just found there. We'll get a little more into it in a minute. Okay. Between that pine and the camp, they actually found three more bodies. They found mm. Dalatov, Kolomogrova, and Salobdin, who died in a process or possessing kind of like they were returning to the tent, but they were found 300, or I'll say in feet for you Americans, Oof. 980 feet How away from the, the, the tree, okay. 1,500 feet away from the tree, and 2,000 feet away from the tree. With the three of them in that order. That's weird. That's honestly weird. The remaining four travelers, they were not found for another two months. They were found on May 4th, four meters under snow in a ravine, 75 meters further into the woods than the pines. They're past the pine. Yeah. Well, maybe they fell into the ravine, and maybe that's why. Maybe. Three out of the four of them were better dressed than the others. And there were signs of some of their clothing of the people that had died prior to them removed. So, for example, uh, Dubinia was wearing Krivoshenko's burned and torn trousers uh, around her feet. And and her shins were wrapped in his torn jacket. So weird. Such a weird, I don't know, situation. You know, what are your initial thoughts on this? You have nine mm-hmm. people, experienced hikers, yes, who are yes. all dead on a mountain. You know, it wouldn't be so weird um, if they all like died right next to each other. You can imagine maybe there was like a avalanche, blizzard, yeah. You know, and maybe that caused them to huddle together and eventually freeze to death, right? But when you have all of these bodies kind of spread out in similar areas, but you'd also imagine that they probably died at similar times. Yep. Only thing I can think of, I mean, I just can't see them all dying from, you know, the cold at the same time. Well, let me add, let me add some things to you to this. Okay. 
It was negative 30 degrees Fahrenheit outside. Okay. Maybe they could all die from the cold at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Two of them had fractured skulls. Okay. Two more different people had major chest fractures. What? One of them were missing her tongue. Wow. Okay. Okay. The two under the tree had burned hands. So. Huh. Maybe a Yeti. Well, we'll get to explanations in a minute. Oh, so I, well, you're asking my thoughts. I'm sorry. Okay. No, no, no. I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's weird. It's definitely weird. Mm-hmm. Maybe some sort of animal. I could see a grizzly bear. Just kidding. Those are in California. <laughs> I could see some <laughs> sort of bear, maybe. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. It is weird. And they have... So, they took a camera there, which is... We, we have pictures from their explanation. Expedition, which they took. And there is one photo, which is a weird one. Here's the photo. This was their 30... This is the last photo on their camera roll. What the hell is that? Can I look at that? Yeah, closer? yeah, yeah. Go for it. Is that so, a- the, the camera was Yuri's camera. Um... They they recovered what they could because it was kind of destroyed. Um, it's an abom- abominable snowman. <laughs> it's extremely blurry, but in my opinion, it looks like there's a figure standing there. Could be, could like, be there. There's someone there. If they're taking, maybe re- it could be realistically they're sitting around a campfire and they're taking a picture of someone, which yeah. I could see. Yeah, could be. It could also be something else, but it's it's weird. So, to say the least. Like I said, we don't have much kind of, you know, idea yeah. of what happened, but there is explanations for some of the actions, but when you look at it as a totality of a whole, it does not make sense in my opinion. Okay. Okay. So, what has come out? Is there any info on this? Yeah. There is. Recently, there has been some release from the uh, Russian government. So, we'll get to that later on. Hmm. Part of something with hypothermia and, you know, freezing to death is in about 25% of cases, it's a paradoxical undressing. Okay. So, when you get so cold, you feel hot and you start undressing. And people have heard this. I've heard this a million times that if you're, you know, out and it's in a snowstorm and it's freezing cold, do not take anything off no matter what happens. So I've heard, I have heard this before. And so that could explain why they're barefoot, why they are taking off clothes. It it could, right? Yeah. I don't think it, it couldn't, but it could. But at that point, why would they put on someone else's clothes and why would they wrap like burnt, you know, burnt pants around their feet and all? Exactly. And it also doesn't explain why their tent was cut from the inside. How big was their tent? Was it like a one, like one tent for all of them? Yes, it was a big tent. So maybe a bear crawled in there and was blocking the entrance and exit. Maybe. Um, they did an examination of all the bodies, right? And the ones that were... The four bodies in the ravine were examined. And their injuries, their ribs, fractures, the major skull fractures, um, 
they were all determined to be comparable to the severity of a car crash getting hit by a car. So, okay. I wonder if they just fell into the ravine. They could have. And, and maybe hit some rocks and, you know, maybe fractured some stuff. That is a possibility. Now, another little twist to this case. Some of their clothing was found to contain significant levels of radiation. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a Russian, like a a secret weapon that Russia or the Soviet Union was um, building. Maybe. And what adds to that is after they recovered everyone and they did this investigation, this initial, you know, like autopsy and stuff, the Soviet Union closed the case and made everything classified. Perfect. (laughs) Because you know what? That makes sense. That makes sense. (laughs) Definitely don't tell the people what's going on. They don't want to know. And in all honesty, they can't handle it. Yeah. So another weird thing to add into that is someone who attended their funeral and I witnessed to their funeral claimed that all of the bodies had a really deep brown tan. What? <laughs> Which is weird. <laughs> really deep brown tan? I don't know if that's like something consistent with radiation. I don't think so. I don't I'm pretty sure no. I lo- I have no idea. Other People from surrounding villages said that that night there was a lot of orange spheres sighted in the sky. Orange like, spheres? Like orbs, yeah. What? And anywhere from as far as away from 50 miles an hour, 50 miles an hour, 50 miles away from the scene. Wow. Russia said they were testing some R7 intercontinental missiles launch, and that's what they were seeing. <laughs> But I'm going to be honest, with the Soviet testing weapons, I don't think they would come out and say that. I mean, they would come out and say that if that's a lot less bad than what they were actually doing. Yeah. Um, People try to say that the skiers and they drank contaminated uh, snow to get that radiation level. Um, Why would one of their campsites was in an area of Soviet nuclear testing ground? Part of it. It wasn't near it, but the fallout could have potentially reached there. Okay. Okay. So. What I wanted to go. What I wanted to go to was. Damn you, Siri. (laughs) We're going to ignore Siri. Hold on. Siri found something on this as well that they wanted to say. Yes. No, I'm not going to let her. So. The let me do the pass where they died was renamed after Dilatov. Okay. Yeah. Dyatov. Dyatov. Is that how you say it? So I'm just letting me pronounce it wrong this entire episode. I you're okay. maybe it's different in the UK. I didn't know. Okay, I don't know. Um but in 2019, they actually released the investigation Russia did. And <laughs> okay. they came well, they, they didn't release it. They opened it and they decided that they wanted to close it with an official answer. And their official answer was, it was an avalanche. An avalanche. Okay. That was their official answer. Now, they were like, well, what they said is, they, they were buried in the tent. They cut the tent from the inside to get out and get out of the snow. 
They ran down the ravine to go to the trees where there was shelter. Some of them didn't make it, and some of them got pushed into the ravine where the avalanche ended. Which okay. I'm like, you know what? It it makes relative sense until you start adding radiation, burned hands, missing tongues. Maybe the tongue, um, you know, during the whole struggle, they bit off their tongue. Maybe, but then they would have found it. They never found the tongue? They never found the tongue. The tongue is gone. So, I'm going to hit you with a few possible explanations. Perfect. Okay. And then I'm going to hit you with a few as well. I want you to tell me which one you like the most. Okay. So, very early on, it was theorized by the Soviet authorities that they had been killed by an indigenous people in the area called the Mansi. Okay. okay. Yeah, I like that. Part of their hike was on sacred land to this tribe. And they believe that they were murdered as a part of ritual that persisted for some times, um, basically because they were on their sacred ground. I don't hate that. They often see signs of the Mansi on the trail. Um, you know, writings appearing on trees. They see different characters. The issue with it was it was kind of like debunked because they were like... It was they were they just don't have anything other than just a theory of they were on sacred ground and they saw these characters. So okay. there's not much to it. It was just kind of a theory at the time. I do like that. The next theory is espionage. <laughs> espionage. Okay. This is the Soviet. Okay. So two people of the group kind of drew attention to themselves. Now, if you remember. All of them were in their early 20s, except for one person. Mr. Simon Zolotayev, who was a 37-year-old. I did think that was weird. I he did. He is also a World War II veteran. And from what from what nation? Russia. So, it's a little weird why a 37-year-old is going out with young 20-year-olds and hiking. Was he not like one of the instructors? No. Though the other person, Yuri Krivoshenko, helped clear up a radioactive leak at a secret Soviet nuclear facility, which was comparable to the Chernobyl disaster. So both of these two people are quite questionable with their... What's going on here? With their off time? <laughs> with their, with off their time. non-hiking time? So this theory suggests that these two... We're working for the KGB. Okay, I feel like this is a stretch, but okay. And they joined the trek to rendezvous with CIA agents in the Ural Mountains <laughs> no. to hand over radioactive material no. and fake nuclear secrets. No, I don't believe it. Ru- the Russians were then supposed to capture the American agents. But they the couldn't. theory is the CIA got wise to what was going on, like le- le- leading into a massacre. I feel like there would have been like repercussions if that were the case by now. <laughs> I, I like, like it. It's some James Bond stuff, dude. I like it. Okay. I, I like All it. Right. Okay. No, though. The no? answer is it's definitely not that. Okay. Next theory UFO. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I'm on for it. So the person who led the initial investigation, his name's Lev Ivanov. He published an article um, claiming that he'd been censored to basically censor all of his key findings. 
he said what he found was there was unusual char marks on the tree, which could corroborate the burned hands if they were trying to climb the tree. Mm-hmm. Um, he said it looked like someone had a like a heat ray and that these hikers had been purposely targeted. With a heat ray? With a heat ray. I was on board with the UFO thing until the heat ray. Well, he said it, it's it was UFO or possibly military testing weapons. Which Cold War era, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. I don't think you can completely say that's that's made up. Okay. He's also quoted. I can say that. He but. also said about the floating balls of light and the other weird phenomenon that had been reported over the mountains that time. He said. His quote. His quote. His quote says, based on the evidence gathered, the role of UFOs in this tragedy was quite obvious. What? What do you mean quite obvious? (laughs) What do you mean quite obvious? And his article is still censored, so we have no idea what his findings were or anything. Censored? Maybe, okay, maybe it is quite obvious. Maybe it is quite obvious, (laughs) and we just don't have it yet. Which, (laughs) I'm intrigued why it's quite obvious. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people say stuff like that, so. The next theory. The Yeti did it. I knew it. <laughs> it was the Yeti. I'm I'm on I'm on board. The idea of this is basically the Yeti. Oh, the whole premise is the f- few pieces of evidence, all right? That uh there's a there's a photo which I actually wasn't able to find. I don't know if it's classified or if it's whatever it is. But apparently, there's a dark figure kind of stalking the group uh, by a tree. Now, people basically saying it's a Yeti. And that last picture I showed you, people also say that was them trying to get evidence it was a Yeti before they died. And then it clobbered them? And then it clobbered them. Oh, wow. Um, a lot of people have said the Yeti lives in... The, the Ural Mountains, especially near the Orton Mountain, which is where they were going. Even the Monsi tribe have stories of the Yeti in that area. Um, okay. So, you know, based on their a lot of their injuries with, you know, fractured skulls, broken heads, broken ribs, missing tongues maybe would answer for that. I it, mean, ba- just it's based a better on the injuries, answer than espionage. Fair enough. And I do like the pictures, and I was trying to find... I was really hard trying to find them, and I just got that blurry image from the end. But there's a... I couldn't find it, but I like I like the Yeti. I love Yetis, as you know. Yeah. It ties in with the whole Bigfoot thing, yeah? Yeah. Now, the non-paranormal, no. the boring answer for this is it was a slab al- avalanche theory, or a slab al- avalanche I mean, technically, that's the answer as of right now, according to the Russian government, yeah. right? Um, basically, the sla- slab avalanches, avalanches where a slab comes of compacted snow comes off and it's, it slides down to, you know, weaker snow. Um, they said essentially they hit the tent, the group panicked, cut open the tent. Uh, they were trying to get out of the tent. It, they said, you know, it goes comparable to being hit by a car. Yeah. So that, you know, they come pretty fast. Compacted snow is hard. It's dense. Um, the ones who escape the tents then try to flee out of the danger zone only for a full scale, full scale avalanche to come and, you know, sweep them away. That would explain why they had some partial tracks there. 
and why some were by the tree frozen to death trying to get and some were trying to get back to the tent it it has a lot of explanations for it which i don't hate but i also i think that the tent wouldn't have been in the position that it was though that's what i think as well an avalanche hit it hard enough you know i would have said seen that like like it would be pushed down the hill a slight would think so spread out like but it covered yeah but the tent in the picture where you'll you'll see it if you look at it the picture is very the tent just looks like honestly someone jumped on it yeah yeah it looks like people yeah people just flattened it it doesn't i'll say this though i don't think the avalanche is impossible i just don't think it's true no i i agree i i mean i i don't how do you explain the burnt hands how do you explain the burnt yeah, trees? I don't know, man. It's weird. I think Avalanche explains some of it. And I think there is sure there's a possibility of, you know, radiation being in the avalanche snow, which then contaminates their clothing after they're dead. Sure. But how likely is that? Honestly, dude, I don't know. How's an, I mean, like you said, could they bite their tongue off by an avalanche? Sure. So can I propose an alternate theory to all of these? Yes. I'm surprised you didn't bring this up because I really thought if you were you going say skinwalker, to. I'm just saying indigenous people. Yeah, but it's sacred land. Skinwalkers aren't over there. They're only in America. Well, maybe. Now hear me out. They're called freedom walkers. They're called skinwalkers. <laughs> sure. In America. But maybe that creature also exists over here in Russia. Maybe. Maybe it exists in Russia and they don't have a name for it, but... It's the Yeti, and it looks like the Yeti. It could. That is. That's always a possibility. I'm just throwing it out there. But that. Pretty, what do you think, as the principal investigator? I think it was espionage. No, you do not. <laughs> Stop. No, being a liar. I. I honestly think it was a combination of things. To be honest, I like the UFO one with the heat rays and the stuff. I don't like the heat rays. I like the UFO. I don't like the heat rays. Why not the heat rays? Because it doesn't make any sense. But what do we see with, with UFO cases? Comment. Not we heat see, rays. We see radiation. Radiation, yeah. Left behind. Yeah. Okay. That's not a heat ray. There was though. observations of orbs in the sky over the mountains. And Ball where they lightning. Were. Look, I don't know. It's honestly a weird one. I think every single one of them, those theories, they explain one thing, but they don't explain other things. You know what I mean? So I think there's a combination of something happened, but... I would say that's fair. I would say maybe Yeti and Avalanche. Maybe the Yeti caused the Avalanche. Maybe the Avalanche wasn't of snow, but of Yetis. See? This is... This is I like this. This is good. So This is good. It's, you know... Are we ever going to know what happened up there? I don't think so, to be honest. Maybe if Russia does like a Freedom of well, Information Act kind of thing. They said it's avalanches and they've closed the case and they're not releasing anything. Yet. And that was in 2019. Okay, but that's not Freedom of Information. And I'm not saying I don't think they have it. There. They don't. They don't. And I'm not saying that they even have to do it. I'm not saying that's even the right thing to do. Are you calling Russia out right we, now? No, I'm not actually. <laughs> I, I, they have done their own thing for this long and been fine. Keep doing it. I don't care. I'm just saying if, if there was a way for us to figure it out, it's going to involve something like that. That's all I'm saying. It, it, I'm it, not saying we deserve my, to have the info by any means. My opinion is it sounds like they did 
pretty in-depth researches at the time for what it was. And I just think they need to, like, if they, if they haven't released it, if they haven't released everything, then, you know, we need, once that is released, we'll know what happened. But until then, I don't think we'll ever know what happened if they don't do that. We might not. We might not. So that's my case. Well, I liked that. That was a good one. Yeah, it had a little bit of everything. It does have a little bit of everything, and it has the possibility of being a little bit of everything. I mean, it could even be a ghost. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> who's to say it's not a ghost, I guess? It could be a demon. But I guess we could kind of throw that on on everything. That is true. But, so. yeah, I liked it. Solid investigation, Thank sir. Thank you. Thank you. I hope everyone else enjoyed it. We will have a poll of all of our theories that I mentioned, and I want people yeah. to vote for which one they believe in. You tell us what you think it you is. Tell us. Come up with the poll right now. What do we yeah. want to put on there? Everything I mentioned. I have my list right here of theories. We'll put every single one on there. Including espionage? Including espionage. And Dear I'm Lord. voting for espionage. No, you're not. <laughs> so we will put that poll up there. You know, let us know what you think. We that's you know, this is a two way conversation here. It's not just me and Dallas, even though that is also a two way. It's a three way conversation. Yeah. Okay. But what if Eric's here? Four way. We want opinions from you guys. We want technically you know, it is a three way because Eric's not here this time. But yeah, we want opinions from you guys. We want to know what you guys think. We want that. And if like if you have episode suggestions as well, send them in. Send them. We're always open to talk about whatever you yes. want to talk about. Us, us as to talk about. as always, guys. Thank yeah. you so much for tuning in and thank you. Uh, hanging out with us. We appreciate it. Love to tell stories. Have a great day, and we'll be at this military base trying to figure out what these triangles are. We'll tell you if we figure it out. Bye. Bye. Bye.